Welcome everyone, my name's Raj Jute, and while it's very likely you have no idea who I am, I am positive you'll be quite familiar with my guest. A train actor with a penchant for playing law enforcement, you may have caught a glimpse of him in shows like Scandal, The Mentalist, or even the US version of Rake, but his talents don't stop there. As a founding member of the iconic Totally Rad Show, and of course, Weekend Confirmed, he's become podcasting royalty and continues to be a beacon of the industry with shows like DLC, Slash Filmcast, and We Have Concerns. Even with Trump as the president, he remains one of the most positive people I know, encouraging us all to make the world a better place. He is, of course, the one, the only, Mr. Jeff Kanata. How are we? I'm good. That's quite an intro, my goodness. I don't know if I, I, don't know if I agree <laughs> with the podcast royalty, but I'll take it. Mate, take what you can. That's that's the whole thing. It's sort of jazzing you up. I'm getting the people I, excited. Hey, I dig it. I'm in. <laughs> I'd listen to this now. <laughs> We're going to be talking about something a little different. We're going to be talking about something that's a little bit mushy. It's a little bit romantic. You might call it a love story. It's not the story of how Jeff and I met, although that will probably play a part in it. And um, also a very romantic tale to be told. Oh, is it ever? <laughs> We're going to be talking about dating, or more specifically online dating, because that, Jeffrey, is how you met your beautiful wife, Erin. That's that's indeed the case, yes. So, I've uh, dated, (laughs) as most people have, but, you know, I've I've dabbled in the online world and the offline world, and, of course, you've... uh, you met your wife on uh, an online service. I, don't, I actually don't know which one it was. Do you? Mo- yeah, no. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not here to advertise for them. But I, I'll, you know, it's as Match.com. It was uh, the one that I, the only one that I signed up for, actually. And and it was, yeah, it and it was a very specific time, right? My wife and I have been married coming up on four years, and mm-hmm. uh, we dated two or three years before that. So it'll, you know, it was sort of pre. Uh, Tinder, you know, catching on. It was, it was, it was very specific time for online dating, but yeah, match.com was the, was the service that we, where we met. So I've signed up to an online dating. The the, the one that I used many years ago here in Australia was called RSVP and it's kind of a similar sort of deal to match.com. And again, before pre Tinder and Bumble or whatever, you know, even Grindr wasn't a thing around back then, very much your sort of old school online dating sort of service. But I'm interested to to ask why you went that route. Like what what was the motivation for you to join in the first place? Well, um, I have been in my life uh, since I first started dating, sort of a serial monogamist. And mm-hmm. um, I always had fantasized. I, I had just gotten out of a, uh, a fairly long-term off-and-on relationship and I was looking to meet new people. And I had always fantasized about having a date with somebody on a Monday and somebody else on a Wednesday. Um, not because I wanted to, you know, uh, you know, be, you just be, want to meet new people. And, yeah. And, and, I, and I didn't want, I had always sort of, I had always sort of met whoever was available to me. You know what I mean? And, and there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. I'm not judging that, but it was always sort of like, well, we work together and there was a spark and I like her and she likes me and here we go. And then I'm in a relationship for a long time or, you know, we meet at a party because my friend knows this person and now I'm introduced. And it was always sort of a very um, small circle of 
of potential. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and then I would get into a you know I'd start dating somebody. I'd like them. They like me. We and we'd be very. I I I was very exclusive even when we weren't exclusive. You know, I was I was very uh, focused and. Um, Tunnel vision is the word I was looking for. Tunnel vision on on somebody. I would you know I would meet somebody and I'd really like them, and then I would just sort of tunnel vision on that person until it became a long term relationship or not. Um, mm. And that sounds a little stalkery, but it's not. That's not really how it was. You know, it was just sort of like <laughs> I, you know I didn't have the experience of meeting Dating. a lot of yes, meeting a lot of people, and I felt like that was sort of would be a useful thing to do. Not so much to judge them, but to sort of learn about myself, to sort of mm. uh, discover things in me about, uh, you know, what I wanted from a person, what I, what I, you know, instead of just sort of taking whatever was available, whatever I happened to, to come across my path, uh, I wanted to really make decisions and say, yes, this person, no, not this person. And, and not from a, you know, hopefully not from a shallow point of view, but from like, like, you know, go on a few dates and have a date with somebody on a Monday and somebody else on a Wednesday and go, Oh, that's interesting juxtaposition and interesting things to learn about myself because of that juxtaposition. Yeah. Well, I was going to say you saying it's almost, you know, uh, your tunnel vision was kind of like a, you know, stalkerish. I was thinking on the other side of things that, you know, every woman or person listening is going, this is the greatest guy on earth. He, he finds <laughs> finds one person, he locks on and, and you know, he, he's dedicated to that person from the word dot. So, I, I, I think you're doing it yourself a little disservice by saying uh, stalkerish. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, no, I, I don't think I ever was, you know, actually stalkerish. It, it, no. really, it really was. It really was that, it, you know, it really was that feeling of uh, I, I'm a kind of capital R romantic at heart. And if I liked somebody, I tended to just, um, you know, focus on that person and, and be like, you know, how, do, how do I make that relationship better? And how do I deepen you, that? And how do I go really farther? You really are the sweetest guy, aren't you? Like, <laughs> even, my heart is melting. The, the, the frosted coldness of this thing inside my chest is just suddenly warming up. <laughs> well, but see, but see, Raj, the, the idea was that I didn't want to be that guy. For I wanted to <laughs> be the guy that was like, you know. God, you but know. you did pick you pick match.com which I, I from what I understand of the service is is pretty much designed on finding the one through its series of million questions and so forth surveys and stuff I suppose it's closer to that end but there you know the other at the time I don't really know the landscape as well now but at the time I think the two biggest services around these paid services were match.com and eHarmony and mm-hmm. eHarmony to me felt like the one of like, we're going to find you your mate forever, you know? <laughs> and I specifically didn't do that. And then there were others, uh, okay, Cupid and, and others. I think, I don't know this, like I said, I don't know the, the state of the mm. scene now, but <clears throat> when I, when I was looking around, I think okay, Cupid was, was, was no fee. It was free to sign up. And I specifically was like, I don't want to be on a site that doesn't have at least some impediment to entry. You know, I want there mm-hmm. to be at least some uh, level of seriousness, not in the sense of I want to necessarily meet the person I'm going to marry, but just uh, it can't be just a lark or a, a, a goof or you know, it's easy, it's free. I'll just do it with the fake email address. I didn't want that. I wanted actually, okay, I'm going to spend some money uh, and – you know, meet other people that spent money because they're relatively serious about 
the process and not, you know, I really honestly did not intend to find a wife. That wasn't my goal. Uh, I just <laughs> honestly wanted that happens, right? <laughs> right. I just honestly wanted to wanted to uh, you know find some new people to date and meet uh, you know meet people that I wouldn't have run into in my day to day life. And mm-hmm. and that honestly was the best part about it because that happened more than I could have possibly imagined. Like that that expanse of my potential pool of people was so dramatic and so interesting. And and I met, I had lots of dates in this process and uh, I would have dates with people from all walks of life, all, uh, you know, professions and, and vocations that I would never have known about or met in in the course of, of going through my day. And I just found it fascinating. I mean, even when I would sit down with somebody and, and within the first two minutes realized that there was never going to be a second date. Like it wasn't, mm-hmm. there was nothing there. I still really enjoyed the process of just sort of meeting a person that I would never have met. Um, and I, I often came out of situations that, you know, were, were quote unquote, a waste of time or in a, a, a date that was a dead end, still feeling like it was really fun worthwhile time because, uh, you know, I, I met like a, a woman who, whose job it was to, um, train and take care of horses at a racetrack. Uh, I met a woman, uh, I met a woman who had designed some of the, uh, Olympic athlete costumes that they wore, uh, when they, you know, entered at the opening ceremonies, like all these <laughs> yeah. wild, weird uh, things that I would never have come across for, you know, in, in my day-to-day life. And I just thought that was so cool to have these conversations and find out about those kinds of things. It, it was a really cool, interesting couple of months. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, essentially that's what I'm doing with this podcast is just dating people to hear their stories, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. No <laughs> kidding. And it's fascinating. You know, people's stories are fascinating. And um, I mean, the, the, the downside to it was that, and I think, a lot of people may have this. I've heard other people express it this way as well. It feels like you're taking on a second job when you kind of mm-hmm. sign up for one of these sites because it is just managing emails and searching on things, and people reach out to you, and you look at, uh, up people, and you're and there's like this crazy new world that's opened up. And I would spend hours like browsing people's profiles and looking at people who thought they were a match for me, or reading an email from somebody that saw my profile, or uh, send, looking at other people's promos, profiles and composing emails. And I would send out, you know, three or four emails a night and just sort of like, mm-hmm. it was a, a lot of work and I was distraction almost. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, uh, I was so stupid that like there was a deal, you know, for match to start out for like six months at a lower price point than, than month to month would be. And I was like, yeah, six months. And like, I did not need six months. I mean, like six months would, would have been I, I like um, uh, two weeks in. I was like, there's no way I'm going to survive six months of this. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so I'm intense. done. I've, yeah. I've had enough. Yeah. So I, I would, I would recommend somebody like do a month and then you know, take a break and, or, or, you know, date those, whatever it is. If you, if you don't find anybody do another month later or what, it just felt like it was, uh, all of a sudden my life was a completely different thing for a while, but but I found it to be a really positive experience and I've recommended online dating to people since. I mean, obviously I ended up meeting my wife, but um, I just found, I, like I said, I went on a lot of dates. 
I found uh, a, a sort of strategy for it very fast of, of like, you know, when I first started, I would invite people to dinner and then it was like, oh, that's not going to be financially sustainable, you know, <laughs> the amount of people that I wanted. So it was like, okay, well, let's start with, you know, meet for coffee or something and then meet in the daytime. So it didn't feel mm-hmm. like a weird, you know, expectation. Too much pressure. Or, or in, in LA, the big thing too, maybe in Australia as well, uh, the big thing is like meet for a hike. You know, let's go for a hike oh, together. Uh, okay. Because then it doesn't cost anybody anything and you're sort of mm-hmm. doing something positive and there's an activity and you're not sitting there staring at each other. Um, mm-hmm. You can sort of have a conversation and also be, you know, going through the world. I don't know. That, that was always a, a good thing to do as well. So I, I, I don't know. I, I met lots of people. Uh, I, I went on a bunch of dates and I just, it was a really cool time. Uh, for me. And I really, uh, I really found it to be worthwhile. And then of course, also I'm, you know, not too far into it. I met my wife, which was pretty amazing. Yeah. So uh, I'm curious and uh, you don't have to go into great detail, but you, you, you went on a few dates. It was over a couple of peri- a couple of months. What was the worst one? The worst one. Um, I don't have a lot of horror stories. Um, uh, <laughs> um, I, there, there was one woman who basically like the whole process of the date, we met for drinks and mm-hmm. the whole process of the date was her telling me all of the untruths on her profile. Like she's like, okay, well now that we've met in person, I have to tell you all the things that I lied about my profile. <laughs> my age is not right. Where I grew up is not right. You know, it's like, okay, this is not, you know, I'm not a whole new person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, like from her perspective, it was, hey, I actually kind of like you. So now I'm going to give you the true version. And from my perspective, it was like, oh, I can't, I'm not, I don't like a person that would just be false to, you know, yeah. to, to start. Like, I'm, I, you know, she, for her, from her point of view, this is a positive thing. And from my point of view, it's a very negative thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, so throughout the process, when you were, you know, going on dates and using the service and so forth. Did, did other people know? Were you t- were you talking about it with your friends that this was, you know, you were on, you know, Match and, and using online dating or was it something that you sort of kept to yourself? No, I, t- uh, I talked about it constantly. I was, I was, <laughs> right. for me it was like this, I mean, I had been, you know, I had gone from like a five-year relationship to like a four-year relationship. I, I'd been sort of in the trenches, you know, and uh-huh, I died. Uh-huh. the world had been passing me by on a certain level uh, of this. And it, I, I just felt like this crazy new world that I was discovering. And I could, I was talking everybody's ear off about it. And I felt like I was learning all these, you know, brilliant strategies, which is a little ridiculous, but I felt like I was, you know, figuring it out and I was giving people advice and I was, you know, like, Oh, well, you got to try this. It was amazing. And, um, telling people stories of, of the, of the people that I met and, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't shut up about it. I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was a fascinating experience and, um, and, and lots of fun. Yeah. I, I, I guess for, for me, when I was using the services back in the day, it was, uh, it sort of had this stigma to it attached to it, you know, online dating, you know, you, you, we came out of the period where people were finally sort of starting to get used to using their credit cards online. I don't know if that was a, a big thing in America as much as it was here in Australia, but, you know, the the safety of typing in your credit card number was such an issue in the uh, right. early 2000s and so you'll, forth. You'll read the numbers aloud to someone over the phone, like with yeah. no, no second <laughs> thought, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, with a hundred people sort of standing around you that are yeah, listening in yeah. on the conversation. I used yeah. to think about that. I worked at a I worked at a um a big theater here, a live theater. Um mm-hmm. and we would do that all the time. People would be like, I will not I I refuse to, you know, type it in or send you a fax or something. Um but I will read it to you over the phone. And I was like, okay, but what's going to happen is I'm going to write it down on a piece of paper yeah. and <laughs> God knows where that paper is going to end up. You know, like <laughs> yep. it'll be here in this, you know, it's, this, it's ridiculous anyway, but yes, I totally understand <laughs> that time. <laughs> so yeah, online dating was this very much, it was around and there were definitely a lot of people using it, but it wasn't something that was actively spoken about. And Perhaps, you know, and, and not to be stereotypical of sexes, but, it, you know, f- females and with female friends were um, a little more open about it. And, you know, me being the stereotypical male, a little more closed about my emotional side. It was something that I, uh, when I did uh, meet people on there, and I ended up in a long-term relationship while, whilst I was using it as well, it, 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 we just sort of agreed to not say that that was the case of how we met. Right. Um, and you know, later on, years down, it, it sort of turned. And now with the advent of things like, you know, Tinder and, and the swiping and other services, you know, it's sort of the norm now. Right. Or, or, yeah. um, and it's it's almost completely flipped because you do get caught in that rut of everyone I meet is through work or through a friend of a friend or you become that single person that your friends are trying to hook up with random people that they've met along right. the way, you know, right. sort of it's, it's a, it broadens things significantly as you found out as well. So, yeah, I think that, that we were sort of in that, uh, in that same transition period, my wife and I, because we would, we would joke. I mean, when we first, uh, when we first got married or got engaged and, and, uh, still actually our ongoing joke is if somebody asks how we met, what we're supposed to do, we, 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 some, we rarely do this anymore, but what we're supposed to do is that thing that, that the Joker does in the dark night, uh, return or the dark night, right? What is it? The dark night. Yeah. Where, uh, he, uh, he just says a different story every time, you know, we were, the, our gag was that we would uh-huh. just, uh, Im- Im- improvise something and the other person had to go along with it. Like, you know, <laughs> we met in prison or, you know, we, we, I got in a car accident and she was the one. So it, because we just thought that the least interesting version was we met on match.com. But, um, yeah. but yeah, I think it, you're right. It, there was this transition that happened where it, it started out as a weird thing that you kind of didn't tell people. And now it, it just assumed that people meet online. But, um, but yeah, you know, when we, when we first got married and people would ask and we finally would tell them, you know, it's, it was match.com. There was always that, oh my God, I have another friend who got met that way. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, mm-hmm. it, was like, it was like this, it was just happening, right? It was just this moment that was happening where people were like, yeah, you know what? That's um, somebody else told me that works. You know, it's like, it was, people were all discovering it about the same time. Hey everyone, it's Raj, your host of I Don't Quite Know. I am very, very sorry to barge on in like this, but I needed to say something and I wanted to get it out whilst I had your full attention. And that is, thank you. I know that sounds pretty simple and weird, but I just needed to say thanks. I needed to say thank you for listening to the show. I needed to say thank you for downloading the show. Most of all, I needed to say thank you to our Patreon supporters because without them, this episode, this whole show 
would not exist. And it is through the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful contributions that we're able to keep it going. So I urge you to say thank you to them too if you aren't a Patreon supporter. And if you want to know how to become a Patreon supporter, then you can easily do that by heading on over to reckoner.com.au forward slash Patreon. I won't go on any longer. I just wanted to once again say thank you to everyone that supports us and everything that we do here. Your contributions and your support does not go unnoticed. And I am truly thankful that we are able to do this for you. So thanks once again. Enjoy the rest of the episode and I'll see you next time. Uh, what was it, you know, you went into the experience and and you'd had a, a couple of, well, you've been on a few dates and, and so obviously there was something that, that clicked specifically with Aaron. Like it was, was it, uh, you know, not to get too cliche, but was it, you know, the love at first sight or was it, uh, there must've been something about the, the time or was it something that grew gradually over numerous dates or? Well, it's, it's funny because, um, she and I connected very early and she reached out to me she saw my profile and reached out to me and struck up a conversation uh, via email. And um, we corresponded back and forth. And her job at the time and still uh, involves a lot of travel. And she was traveling a lot during that period and so wasn't in town for us to actually have our first date for uh, a significant period. It was like a, a couple of weeks there. and But we would email back and forth and our emails got longer and longer and longer. And it became, and like I said, I was sort of in this second job phase of Mm -hmm. online dating where I would, you know, come home and look at all the emails that I got and try to correspond with people and figure out who was going to have a date. And when, you know, it was like this wildly exciting thing of all these, you know, potential uh, new interactions. But very quickly, I started really looking forward to her emails. They were witty and they were funny and they were fun. And um, we, you know, we met, we had this great rapport almost instantly. And, and, and there was, but there was no way for us to actually have the first date. And it kept being like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm still looking forward to it. And she would tell me about her travels. And I was traveling at that point. I was like, I was doing a show for CNET where I was traveling a lot and doing, crazy weird thing. I remember at the time I was like leaping out of a helicopter for uh, the show and and it was fun. I was like talking about that stuff with her and, you know, we were, it was, it was great. And at the same time, I was actually going out on dates with other people and I was, you know, having, doing emails with other people and it was uh, this whole process, but I kept really being excited about uh, her because of this great correspondence we had. And then eventually we had the first date and we, (laughs) I don't even know if I've told her this, but (laughs) I had sort of, by that point, I had sort of like a, a spot, you know, like that, that it was, I, Uh, right, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like I had a place that was like, it worked. (laughs) It was great. It was like, it was a really elegant, you know, I'd been doing it a few weeks. And so at that point I like had a spot where I'm like, okay, this is the first date spot where, you know, I, I, it, it it's good because it's it's classy. It's not too expensive. It's like, there's a fun outdoor seating. It's like, it was, it just kind of ticked all the box, boxes and I didn't want to go to a different spot every time. If, if something worked, I stuck to it. Right. So, yeah. um, but we, we met there fairly early and we like, they had to ask us to leave. 
They had to like come by and they're like, we're closing now. And we, we, it was one of those things where neither of us realized how long we had been there. We were just talking. We were just lost in it. And, um, it was magical. I mean, it was really cool. We like shut the place down. It was, it was just the, us, the last people being pushed out of the, out of the, uh, restaurant. And, uh, so I, I mean, I knew it was really special and we had, um, more dates after that. And then, um, fairly soon after that, I, you know, went to her place and, uh, met all her roommates and it was just sort of like, it got to a point where we both didn't really want to date anybody else. And, uh, and, you know, went from there, but, uh, yeah, it was very organic and, and, and magical at the same time. I just wipe that, uh, tear away from, uh, from the <laughs> cheek. Yeah. It's fun <laughs> thinking about, I mean, literally I spent tonight, I'm sure many of your listeners have no idea about this. You and I were just talking about it before we started recording. I spent tonight, you know, um, bouncing back and forth from foot to foot, holding my daughter, who is our second child, as she screamed uh, incessantly because she has a, a tummy issue and uh, she's, you know, not even three months old yet. And uh, my first born, you know, is his, he's a handful because he's almost two. And, and this is the woman that, you know, she and I are going through this and we don't sleep and it's, it's a rough time. And it's fun to kind of step through the moments where you know, go back and think about the moments when we first met, because, uh, we're so far from that. It's fun to, uh, <laughs> reminisce. It's been Rem- yeah. very enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can, um, uh, sympathize with you about waiting for Erin's emails because she quite often sends beautiful emails with a lot of travel <laughs> tips for me. Right. <laughs> uh, well, in our uh, second date, I should say our second date, uh, she brought me a pie. So that was wow. really, that was the clincher, I think. I mean, all that stuff was great up to that point, but our second date, she like brought me a pie. <laughs> so I was like, this is like a keeper. A- this, is a, this is a full-on keeper. And I should say that for Australian listeners, that would be something like an apple pie or a, a yes. blueberry pie, a yes. cherry pie, something, right. not, yeah, a, not, not a, a meat pie. <laughs> no, no, no. It was definitely a dessert. Yeah. <laughs> Things moved on from there. And then we, we'll get to our love story, Jeff. We'll get to <laughs> get, get to our, our uh, longstanding connection that I continually pull in favors for five years down the track. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, you bring me Tim Tams. You, you, yeah. you, I am the one who owes you. Yeah, well, I do pay you in, in candy. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so oh, you you dated for, for a couple of years and um, at some point uh, I presume it, it was made a decision in your mind that you were going to ask this woman to marry you. Do you know, do you know Raj, I don't remember that moment. I really, really? am sad. I don't remember wow. the moment moment where I decided. Which surprises me because of the way you went about proposing, which we're getting to because it was, it was so methodical. Right? Like it feels like I, I clearly did decide, but I don't I don't remember there being a moment. And mm. that's super weird. I don't know. It's super weird to me. And it's kind of sad that like I wish I I wish I remembered the but I feel like it was such a I mean, maybe it's a good thing because it, it, yeah, it was such a natural progression and a nat- like it, it just felt so right so fast that maybe it, it wasn't a moment. Maybe it was, you know, more subtle than that. But uh, anyway. Because, yeah, uh, not to spoil the story, but you proposed 
whilst you were in Australia for the first PAX. You, you, That's you, right. You were invited out here as a guest and you were filming as a part of your um, Kickstarter campaign. Um, and, and then Aaron was coming out to join you for the rest of the holiday after PAX had finished and so forth. So right. I, I, I'm, I'm genuinely shocked that it wasn't sort of like, oh, you know, I, I'm going to ask her to marry me and, you know, we've got this coming up so it'll be perfect if I do it whilst we're out here because, you know, at some point you made that decision that you were going to propose in Australia. I don't, like, or was there a moment that you were going to do it beforehand perhaps? No, I mean, I... We had, uh, she and I had gone on a trip together to the Dominican Republic mm-hmm. and uh, both have a real love of travel. And I thought, uh, I remember thinking that, you know, if I was going to pop the question, it would be wonderful to do it in some wonderful faraway land. Uh, and and then when this started happening and coming together and I realized, oh, she, you know, she can come out and meet me and it would be whole th- And then, yeah, I remember thinking that this is perfect. Um, so, yeah, I mean, at some point I made that decision. I just don't remember. I don't remember like it was a Tuesday and, you know, I, mean, I, don't, you know, <laughs> it does, I don't know. But, uh, but, yeah, it just seemed like the right way to do it would, would be, uh, you know, to surprise her. Uh, on that trip and to um, to try to set up something. <laughs> but I do not know how the hell to do that. <laughs> hey everyone, sorry. I just need to break in for a second. Just have a little chat to you about something called WP Engine. These guys specialize in hosting WordPress sites. How do I know that they specialize in it? Because Reckoner is hosted with WP Engine. That's right. We use these same people as Whispering. And I wouldn't say that you should go out and use, you know, XYZ hosts because they're the best and they're paying us the most amount of money. I am here to say that they actually know what they're talking about. And because they have things like staging, because they have things like development environments that make fiddling with a popular high-end, fully functioning WordPress site that you need to have up all the time, these are the people that know what they're talking about. And I wouldn't say that unless I could throw my weight behind them as well. They are trusted by not only me, but 90,000 companies across 135 countries and are proudly part of the Australian IT landscape. Check out more information over on their website at wpengine.com.au. Well, you couldn't have gotten much farther than Australia, literally the other side of the world. So right. you ticked that box when uh, when you made the decision, I, I suppose. But um, I, my vague recollection was I'd been out to LA maybe a year prior to this happening, if not longer than that. And I'd interviewed yourself and Garnet Lee, right. um, who, who were hosting Weekend Confirmed at the time, um, at the offices of... Shack News, yeah, I think mm-hmm. it was, yeah. So done done an interview that went for about an, I don't know an hour or so and wrote, written that up and published it um, on Reckoner and um, and then got this email about a, a year or so later, about two months out from PAX or so, asking for uh, suggestions on places in Sydney where you might want to take Aaron. Um, right. 
or, yeah. or places that might you might want to go and visit. So I, the, you you weren't even I don't know if you, you were coming to Melbourne for PAX, but potentially going up to Sydney or something afterwards. Yeah, maybe? we did. We ended up going up to Sydney and then Brisbane after that. Um, oh wow! Okay. Yeah, right. and uh, so yeah, I was. You're literally, I think, the only Australian I knew <laughs> I had any <laughs> contact with. So I just thought, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll ask for some advice on you know things that I should do. Yeah, and I didn't really have much for Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, few... I'm a dumb American. I don't know how far away things are from each other. You know, I, yeah. I, I before I came, I didn't realize. Uh, that it's basically two different worlds but um yeah yeah uh so yeah gave you i think a few restaurant suggestions or something up there and then it changed then it shifted into uh you wanted to propose in melbourne and it grew from there so i i, I guess i'll get why don't you explain what your idea was originally well i I, I definitely <laughs> at some point decided that uh, I wanted to pop the question uh, on our trip. And I was smart enough to realize if it is any more than a day into her being there, I'm going to be a wreck the whole time. Like I'm not going to – I will not have any fun up until that moment, right? So if she arrives and we, you know, traveled, you know, have a few days in Melbourne and then go up, you know, if we're doing anything – and I haven't done it yet. It's I'm just it's I'm gonna be distracted and weird and not present. It's gonna be terrible. So I knew I basically had to do it right after she arrived, which meant doing it in Melbourne. So um uh so that's that's how that decision got made. It was like that was the, that was the first place we were gonna be. So that was the that was where it was gonna have to be. So because she flew in after a day or two after PAX had finished up. Like so you'd wrapped yeah. up you'd you'd already been there a week or so and right. uh acclimated to the time zones and, and right. become accustomed to the terrible weather. The first PAX it absolutely bucketed down with rain and it was uh not warm at all. Right. It was in the middle of June, I think. Right. So yeah, Aaron arrived uh, after that, completely jet lagged and had no idea what was going on. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I picked her up from the airport, and the next day was was when uh, we were going to. Uh, I was going to ask her, so it, it was um, it was only one day of weirdness, but it was super weird, and I was I was super anxious and distracted, and wanted it to go down all correctly but yeah i was uh you know she was it was it was fine because she was jet lagged and she was a little tired and i'd like gotten a nice hotel for us to stay in that first night and basically she got in and we just went back to the hotel and relaxed and um you know she went to sleep early and then the next day we had um i guess i, can't, I think we had some activities but i can't remember what it was like i said everything's a blur up until <laughs> you know like being in the the taxi going over to uh, your office uh, of all places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So what was the original plan that you had? What was the the setup that you, because there was numerous emails that went backwards and forth and, and organizing, but you originally, I believe it, it, you, it was all centered around music. Yeah, I mean, we had. Um, she loves music. She specifically loves Billy Joel, and we have that connection. And we connected over music, and um, uh, you know, we. I I had this vision because of my 
dumb, having never been to Australia before conception of what Australia is. I had this vision of it, of this beautiful sort of beach sunset moment of getting on, on one knee. And you disavowed me of that very quickly by saying it's winter and the weather's <laughs> terrible. <Yeah. laughs> so, uh, you, you said, well, we can risk that, but I, you know, it's, it's, uh, maybe not going to come off the way you hope it to be, uh, which was hard because, you know, for me, it was like, I'm, it's June, it's beautiful. Uh, and then of yeah, course, yeah. you know, Australia, not so much. Um, so I, I just wanted a place that we could go to that would be fairly private. I didn't really want a super public thing. Um, and I had this concept in my head of asking her to dance and, uh, and the two of us dancing. And then in the middle of the dance, uh, getting down on one knee. So that was, that was basically as far as my idea went for what to do. I just sort of thought that would be a lovely moment. Yeah. I'm going to tell you my side. <laughs> that's pretty much spot on what i remember you sort of talking about and asking for and uh there was a particular song and um i'm i may have may have gotten not too involved but i may have sort of <laughs> uh been swept up in the uh in the proposition and uh i remember reaching out to a couple of people i had a friend whose sister uh, was teaching at the Conservatory of Music here in Melbourne and um, uh, was asked her to uh, if they could play this particular song and um, it was her and her now husband actually. Um, she played piano, I think, and he played something else. No, she, I think somebody I played don't know. flute. Didn't she play flute? flute. Yeah, she played yeah. flute and he played piano. And uh, organized them. They they were very happy to to help out. They were they were really excited by it actually. Um, so we, we didn't need to go off and find a particular person. They those guys jumped on board straight away. And then it was a matter of finding a spot because <laughs> because uh, in Australia you, you can't play on the sidewalk or in public without um, having a license to do so. And so they were pretty adamant about you know, it being indoors somewhere. And then essentially we, uh, I, I just told uh, everyone in the office that I was working at the time, uh, you all need to leave. <laughs> <laughs> so at uh, about six o'clock and I was literally shooing people out, I think of the office probably two or three minutes before you arrived. So it, it <laughs> wasn't, uh, it wasn't, uh, it was cutting it fine, put it that way. So yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we set those guys up. Um, I have a very distinct memory of, uh, one of my bosses at the time sort of look at me going, what the frick has gone on here? <laughs> uh, they all knew about it, but I think they'd just kind of forgotten about it. And, um, yeah, set, set them all up, had them playing basically in the dark and, and, um, uh, ran downstairs to let you guys in and, and, and the rest is history. So, yeah, it was, yeah, there, uh, was a, there was a, well, from my perspective, so we, you know, I lied to her and said we, I had some club that we, you know, we were uh -huh, going to go uh -huh. to that was some cool club uh, that I'd found out about because I'd been here a week already and I found out this cool club and we we're going to go to this cool <laughs> club. So, you know, dress, dress nice and go to this cool club. And um, so, uh, you know, we're, going over in the, in the cab. And I have this, you know, this ring in my pocket that's like burning a hole 
uh, it feels huge and obvious and it seems, you know, it's like, it's, am I going to lose it? Am I going to fumble with it? You know, all those things that a, a guy thinks about. Um, and, uh, and then we get to the, your office and it's a, it's a, like a walk up. And I mm-hmm. remember you had to like prop the door open to make sure that it didn't automatically lock uh, so yeah, I could get yeah. in. And I think you had, I think you had bought something or paid for something and I was, I was going to give you some money for it. And I handed you money as we walked in. Uh, and I remember Erin <laughs> telling me later that she thought that was like the coolest thing. Like I was paying the door guy to let us in. <laughs> she, like, cause we were going to this club. She thought I was like dropping, a, you know, some cash to the door guy, yeah. to, you know, yeah. uh, when I was literally just like paying you back for something. <laughs> yeah, or I, I think it was a bottle of champagne <laughs> yeah. that you, that, yeah. that we had upstairs. You, you were giving me like, you handed me a $50 note, a pineapple, which is our Australian word for that. And, um, cause they're very yellow in color. And, uh, yeah, I, I had to wait downstairs. And to be fair, like everyone that's listening to this going, oh, you know, you got you proposed in an office. Like our office was an old uh, dance studio. Yeah. So it had these beautiful arch windows and it looked out onto a very nice uh, tree-lined street. And Yeah, um, it was like all brick and vaulted ceilings and stuff, right? It was, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it, it wasn't your, your typical sort of, you know, government office or something out of office space. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it wasn't a bunch of cubicles. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it was. It was. Yeah, it was really lovely, and you did such a great job. I mean, you, you know, I owe you huge. It was. It was amazing. It was. It you lit it with like uh, with candles, and it was. Uh, it was beautiful. And the cool part was, as we walked up, the music started already, and so we you know we get three steps from the door, and she you know hears her favorite song being played. We open the door. There's nobody there but us, and then I asked her to dance, and uh, and we just, you know, this two piece, uh, band playing just for us. And I asked her to dance and, and then got down on one knee and it was just, it was, it was magical. It was uh, a moment we will never, ever forget. And it, she was overcome with emotion and it was, it was just, you know, it couldn't have gone down any better. And then we had this amazing vacation after that in the sort of glow of, of being uh, newly engaged. So it, it was just a magical event all the way around. And I'm very grateful that I was the only Australian that you knew. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am too. I'm very grateful. I mean, you, you like I said, I, I will owe you a life debt uh, forever. And it is, um, you know, you are you are part of our family in a in a very real sense. It's, uh, you know, it, it was I will it was amazing. Continue cashing in on that debt. <laughs> Come. <Yeah. laughs> no, I'm. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's a beautiful story, and and one that uh, you know I've told a. a a bunch of people uh, over the years, and and this was what five years ago now, longer, six years ago. You know, it, it it's uh, it's a really it's a really nice story, and and one of the premises, or when I first had the idea for doing this podcast, was purely because of this story. Is that it's such an easy one for me to um, retail and relive, and and it's a it's a really beautiful one to to go through, and I'm glad that we could uh, get it get it out there. It's a it's a really really special one to to go through and let everyone else in on so yeah, yeah i'm glad yeah, no, I'm, I'm i'm eternally grateful and uh you know and then and then we had kids and we were never allowed to travel again <laughs> so uh, yeah I mean, well you know hopefully someday i'll get we'll get back to melbourne but uh, uh oof, we're in it now man yeah <laughs> we're in it now. Uh, yeah yeah i mean it, it's um 
I, I like I said, I'm sort of romantic with a capital R, and I love those grand gestures. But I also loved the fact that for Aaron, who's sort of not as <laughs> ostentatious as I am, perhaps, uh, <laughs> she, you know, it was still a private thing. It was still a, a it was a lovely moment in a beautiful location, uh, but it was also got to be sort of private and just for us. You know, she, I don't mm-hmm. think she would have. I don't think she was is the type that would really like the sort of you know uh in the in the middle of the subway screaming out with all the strangers looking center on center of attention yeah. for a million people yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah she's not going to be times square you know on the on the big jumbotron at the stadium or whatever you know <laughs> i think that i don't think that's her jam so it, yeah it was it was perfect it was, it really worked out well and and it's um it's something i'll never forget well there you have it jeff canada poster child for online dating <laughs> i guess so <laughs> i guess so i mean honestly i rec i still recommend it to people i like i said the the central uh truth is that i never would have met my wife i would never have come across we would never have bumped into each other or run, run. Or, yes yeah. we didn't have the same circle of friends in fact I don't know how many people listening to this are familiar with the geography of Los Angeles, but it's a pretty sprawling area. And we, when we started, we joked that we were in a long distance relationship because we were in such different parts of LA that, you know, she was in Manhattan beach and I was in West Hollywood. I mean, uh, never the twain shall meet. So it was, Mm -hmm. it was a serious commute to, to even see each other after having met, but because of the tool, because of the online dating tool, we were able to meet and fall in love and, and, uh, have a life together. I think that's pretty magical. And, uh, I got a chance to, you know, expand the number of people that I was exposed to. And, and that original plan that I set out to do, which was sort of learn about myself by way of talking to lots of different kinds of people really worked. Like I did, I, was able to understand what I wanted and what I didn't want and find the person that fit that. And I think that's a pretty valuable uh, experience. At least it was for me. Well, you have undoubtedly succeeded in making every man feel like a jerk. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, that is my goal always. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, the lesson to be learned is set the radius on your search to the width of Los Angeles by the sounds of it. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's amazing, mate. And uh, a great story. Thank you so much for, uh, for going through it once again. I'm sure, um, I'm sure you're not sick of it, nor am I, but uh, yeah, great, great one to, to go through. My pleasure. Another one of the premises for this show is that people can listen to this and it's kind of timeless whether they listen to it now or they listen to it in five years' time. But we are recording a show and I do have a a guest who was involved with a number of other shows. So it would be remiss of me not to ask what you're involved in at the moment. Well, I suspect that now or in five years, uh, you'll be able to find me on Twitter at Jeff Kanata. Sadly, I think that'll still be taking up a lot of our time in five years. uh, you know, potentially good things. And I do a video game show called DLC, uh, which is at 5x5.tv slash DLC. And I do the Slash Filmcast, talking about movies and TV shows, at slashfilmcast.com. 
A massive thank you, of course, to the wonderful Mr. Jeff Kanata. I am truly amazed by how open and honest my guests have been and you, my friend, have just raised the bar again. Thank you so much. Thanks to our amazing Patreon supporters who have made this series possible and are enjoying exclusive access to the episode. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback on the show. You can reach out via the website at reckoner.com.au or via Twitter or Instagram where our username is reckonerau. Until next time, my name's Raj Diute and thank you so much for listening.